So this morning, I know last week um, I was not able to be here uh, for Father's Day, but I'm going to preach a sermon that I was going to preach on Father's Day. And the thing is, is that it's a sermon, it's going to be a part of our essential series. It's a sermon that needs to be hear, or heard no matter if it's Father's Day or any other day of the year. The reason why is because it, this is a sermon about how men are supposed to be. Because America, for the most part, they keep on trying to demasculate men. No matter you know, where you see it in Hollywood or anything else. And so this morning, there's a phrase you know, that I want us to focus on, and it's, it says, quit you like men. It's not saying that men are supposed to uh, quit and give up and go sit on the couch and be lazy. What it actually, you know, here, I'm going to get into that in a moment, but I want to read for you. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, that says this. It says, watch ye, stand in the faith, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. This is, where this takes place is the Apostle Paul is wrapping up his first letter to the Corinthian church with the final instructions to the men of the church. And so this phrase, quit you like men, means to act like men, behave like men, be a man. In today's wording, it would be man up. He's telling the church, and if you don't, uh, if you don't know why he would be saying it, read First and Second Corinthians, and you'll figure out the reason why he is telling this church to man up. And the reason, you know, we see this throughout culture, we see this through, throughout things where men are not acting like men anymore. Men are scared to, you know, to, to be the leaders in their house. They're scared, you know, to, to be leaders in communities. They're scared, you know, uh, you know, and they just want to back up. They just want to take a back seat to everybody else saying, you know what, whatever you tell me to be, that's what I'm going to be. But the Bible says that we are, that men, including myself, are to man up. That we are to quit, like, uh, you know, quit you like men. That we are to, to act like men, behave like men. I'm not saying that you go around grunting and scratching yourself. That's an ape. That's not you. But what I'm saying is, is that you need, uh, there are certain qualities, there are certain attributes that men possess that women don't. And the reason why is because there's just one little thing, you know, uh, I know that this is probably against the way that most people are going to say today, but there's a reason why they call, you know, men and women opposite sexes. That they're supposed to be opposite, right? Men are not supposed to act like women. Women are not supposed to act like men. Men are supposed to act like men. Women are supposed to act like women. Amen? And so this only, uh, you know, uh, there's a couple other verses that I want to go to. 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 12 says, Be of good courage, and let us play the men for our people, and for the cities of our God and the Lord, do that which seemeth, go, uh, seemeth him good. For Samuel 4.9 4, uh, is the only other spot in Scripture where this phrase takes place. Be strong and quit yourselves like men. O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. And I know that last one, you say, well, that's talking to the Philistines. Well, the thing is, is that in 1 Corinthians, he's talking to the men. And so what is that phrase? Like I said, it means to act like a man, behave like a man, be a man, go man up. Both these verses are calling men to battle. Most times in, in, in most churches, to be honest, I mean, if you go to churches, who's, which gender is the one that is most represented in churches? It's women. And I think the reason why is because, for the most part, men think that following Jesus, following the Bible, is something like you're a sissy. Or that Jesus is some sort of pansy that can't stand up for himself. Now, need I remind you that he did clear the temple with a whip. 
and started driving them out, you know, started whipping at people and everything else. The Bible says that men, and you know, obviously women as well, but I'm focusing on the men this morning. It says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The thing is, is that men are, I believe, at the center of this, you know, uh, this spiritual battle that's going on. The spiritual war is going on because he knows, Satan knows, that if a, the head of the household goes, so does the home, so does the town in which they live, so does the county, the, the state, the nation, and ultimately the world. So as the men of the household go, that's how the world's going to be. Men have an, a, a big responsibility. They have a big responsibility to man up and be the head of the household. We saw this all throughout. Um, I was just watching... Uh, Andy Griffith, you know, and uh, watching Little House on the Prairie, all those guys, the ones that are on there, are always the head of the household. Like I said, they're not like, you know, demanding their wives, you know, you know, get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich, but they are the head of the household. They know, the kids know that they can go to their father and their father is going to be their father and not, you know, try to be something else that he's not. But we know that men are in this spiritual battle, they're fighting that TV, media, and advertisements Men are, have been under attack, obviously, for centuries. But over the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they have been getting more and more where they've been going after the men, trying to say that you need to be more sensitive. You need to be more you know, caring and you know, feeling. And the thing is, is what they're saying is, is they want you to be more like a woman. I'm not saying that men can't care, but they want you to take on women qualities. The thought police are and have been changing what biblical manhood looks like. And, we, and I chose my words wisely on the thought police. Because you know nowadays that if you have a thought, you can go to jail for it, probably. There's ones out there that have had thoughts or just wrote a word or something else, and also they're going to jail because they had a thought. I mean, God forbid a person had a thought you know, in their own life, that they had their own, that the media or somebody else wasn't telling them to believe. Now, did I tell you, you know, this morning that before I preached this, that, you know, that there might be a little bit of the fact of encouragement, but there also might be the fact of saying, you know what, maybe I need to, you know, man up myself in that area of my life. We need Christian men who will not back down, but to the world, men wants us, men, i sorry, but to the world, they want to see men as this, as what is described in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators. They want men to be fornicators. They want them sleeping around. They want them to, says, uh, nor idolaters. They want them, you know, worshiping everything that they can go out there and buy. Nor idolaters. Want them cheating on their wives. Nor effeminate. What does that word effeminate mean? It has the word feminine in it. He doesn't want men to act feminine. He doesn't want them, he wants men to act like men. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Notice also that that's in the same book that I just read, Quit You Like Men. 1 Corinthians 16 says, Quit You Like Men. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, You know what? Don't be these things. And so the, the culture, and the reason why I bring this up is because it's brought up in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, and that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put a bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. 
Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. This is what we see today. The world has everything messed up. They're calling things that are good, evil, and things that are evil, good. They're calling things bitter, sweet, and sweet. The things that are uh, you know, sweet, bitter. No matter what the thing is, is that they have everything backwards. They have everything turned around. And like I said onto here, uh, you know, after this, in verse 21, it says, Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. The world thinks that, you know, oh, we're going to have a better, calmer world when we do this. That if we can just get those, you know, uh, you know, those men to be a little bit more civilized and behave, this world's going to be better. That they, we can get them to be a little more sensitive. We, we can get them crying because they broke a nail. The world's going to be a better place. And it's, all right, I'm not going to go there yet. The world portrays manliness. I mean, think about the many ways that, you know, they say that a man is a man, all right? Drinking. They show, you know, men, you know, going out there, you know, drinking beer and doing everything else, and that they're manly because they're drunk. And they go out there, hey, look at me, I'm, you know, I'm so awesome, you know, I'm so awesome because I'm drinking, because I can go out there and, and, you know, have a 12, 24-pack, and nothing, you know, phases me anymore. But it's actually, the Bible says, it's weakness. Romans chapter 13, verses 13 and 14 says, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Flesh and lust are signs of weakness in Scripture. To walk in the Spirit, to walk after the Lord is a sign of masculinity. It's a sign of, you know what, you're following what God wants you to do. And he's telling, he's telling you know, the men here, he says, to walk honestly and not in drunkenness or riding. Think about it. When a person drinks, oftentimes there's fighting that involves. Next, you know, uh, the, one of the ways the world portrays manliness is that they are a womanizer or an adulterer. That you've got to go out there and plant your seed as much as you can. I use that phrase because that's a term that I always heard growing up. You've got to go out there and just plant your seed as many places as you can. And let's be honest, I mean, there's a double standard in that. Because the thing is that they want men you know, to be with you know, 50 women you know, and all sorts of stuff. But it's a double standard that Hollywood has put out there. Because think about it. A man is known as a man if he, ha- if he goes around and sleeps with all these women. But if a woman does that, she's called all kinds of names. If a woman acts that way, they call her bad names. But the Bible, you know what, does not have that double standard. And, he, uh, you know, here's the thing. The Bible actually even has harsher uh, words towards men, has a harsher uh, directives towards men who fornicate. Actually, the Bible calls men who go out there and sleep with all these different women as a whoremonger. Exodus chapter 22, verses 16 and 17 says this, And if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed, this is a woman that is not obviously uh, engaged, and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to, uh, to be his wife. So what does it say right there? It says that if he goes out and sleeps with her, he should make her his wife. He should try, you know, to make her his wife. How many men would stop sleeping around if they actually realized that that's what they're supposed to do? But no, they want to go out there and, and victimize. Let's read on. It says, if her father utterly refuses to give her unto him, he shall pay money, not the father, but the one that was sleeping with this woman, 
he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. So it's not even just the fact that the father says, you know what, you cannot you know, marry her. He's got to pay, uh, he's got to pay her or him uh, uh, you know, money for, for that dowry. So not only, and it's a harsher, I mean, we see here it's a harsher punishment. It, has no, it says nothing about the woman. That if a man sleeps you know, with an unmarried person, unmarried woman, what happens? The man is either supposed to marry her or he's supposed to pay her money. But what does it say about the woman? It says nothing. There's a harsher line for men. Why? Because men are supposed to lead by example. God doesn't want us to live a sinful life. God doesn't want men to go out there and sleep with all these women, go out there drinking and doing all these other things. Another way that the world uh, says that you're a man is if you're a brawler or, uh, or a bully. I mean, my daughter has a little wristband that she got from the police officers this past week that says, I am not a, or, you know, I am not a bully. But think about it as a person gets older, a man gets older, if a man goes around you know, throwing his weight around, He's seen as being, oh, he's just very, very decisive. What Bible says is that you're a bully. In Romans chapter 15, verse 1, it says this, it says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. So we're not supposed to be a, a, a brawler or a bully. We're not supposed to go out there and, and, and start pushing people around to get what we want. We are to have strength to care for the weak and to put others first. Some other ways that they do is if a person's proud or arrogant. If a, a man is proud or arrogant, goes out there. And a lot of these ones have a shred of truth in them. A lot of these attributes, you know what I'm saying, like the brawler or, or a bully. You know, we should stand up for our family. We should stand up, you know, for, for those that are being, you know, bullied and everything else. But what does the world do? It takes it a step further and says, no, you should just go around there and push everybody around so they don't. So don't get in your way. The other way that they say is by buying expensive toys. I say toys because obviously I know you're seeing things that you have to buy because of work. But other ones, you know, this buy expensive toys. Why? Because they can have it. And they want to go show everybody how awesome they are, you know, they have it. Or the fact that they want to, you know, they're giving heed to being covetous. Like I have to have what they have because I got to keep up with them. It's not manly to do that. Like I said, the world takes some of these good attributes and twists them and manipulate them. The world says that, it to be, uh, that to be manly, you must also take undue risk. Now think about this. I'm not saying that if you want to do these things or anything else, but oftentimes when people say it, you know, when men say it, it's like, a, yes, I'm a man because I went ahead and did this. Think about, you know, riding a motorcycle. I'm not saying it's wrong or anything else. I used to ride motorcycles with my dad all the time. But the thing is, is that they say riding a motorcycle without your helmet, that's manly. I say it's stupid. I mean, it's just my opinion. My thing is, you fall off that thing going 50 miles an hour, and you have no helmet, you might as well just, Lord, I'm coming home. That's just my thing. You want to go ahead and do it, that's, that's up to you. That's your, that's your prerogative if you want to wear a motor, you know, ride a motorcycle without your head. I, my personal opinion is that I don't think it's a good idea. Skydiving. I used to want to do that, but then I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, that's a perfectly good, uh, perfectly good plane. Why am I jumping out of it? And you know, like obviously, as you're sitting there going, and you go, oh, it's just the rush of going down there. And then you realize that if you're going down, all of a sudden you're you're getting you're getting closer to the earth. 
So either you're praying that that parachute opens, or you're like, Lord, just let it be quick. But that's one of the ways that they do it. And like I said, if you want to go ahead and skydive, go ahead. But don't sit there and start, you know, like throwing your chest up. Like, yeah, I'm a man. I went out there, you know, went skydiving. Another way is bungee jumping. Trusting yourself to a rubber band with your life is a whole other story. But um, I, I've seen guys, like I said, you can go ahead and do it and try it and, and all that. But like I said, for me, I'm not going to sit there and, I, like I said, I used to want to do that. But they do it around your ankles. And my thought is, is that if my foot, you know, just makes a little, like, go like that a little bit, I'm slipping right out of that, and the rubber band's going up, but I'm not. Here's, a, you know, some of the other things that the world, in, and I'm going to get to the attributes, you know, that men, uh, Christian men should have in their life, all right, here in a moment. But I want also, there's also, you know, some things that, where the world says that, you know, men, they shouldn't do because you're a sissy if you do it. Play music. Some say that if you play music that you're a sissy, that you don't, that you're not manly enough because, you know, it's, I don't know, elegant or whatever. But the thing is, is that then they have to sit there and, you know, uh, make uh, mention of the fact that King David, King David played music. A lot of the prophets played music. And also here it is, says about King David, in, uh, uh, it says that he teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is, uh, is broken by my arms. The thing is, is that Whereas he was playing an instrument, the Bible also says is that he taught my hands to war, to go to war. David was probably one of the more manly men you know, that you can see in the Bible, and yet he's, a, you know, he's out there, uh, you know, he's playing instruments and everything else for King Saul. Also, men who cry. Now, here's the thing is, they'll say that men who cry. When I say men who cry, I mean, you lose something, you know, like say you lost a loved one, that's okay. But as I said before, if you like break a nail or you skin your knee and you start crying, you got a man up on that one. I'm sorry. You just, you, you, you. But like, if you're going to say that men who cry are weak, then you got to look at King David as well. King David, you know, wept many a times. The prophets did. Jesus did. And Jesus, you know, himself wept. And the thing is, is that it's okay to weep over lost souls. It's okay, like I said, losing a family member. It's okay, you know, for those things in life. It's okay for men to weep, uh, you know, to cry, to weep. But like I said, don't cry because you skinned your knee. I say this to my daughter, and I know she's not a boy, you know, everything else, but I told her when she skinned her knee, you know, one of the first times she did it, I told her, I said, suck it up, buttercup. And she said, Dad. I said, you'll be fine. It's just her knee. And then you always got to, as a father, you always have to make the comment of, well, do you want me to cut it off, you know, so that way, you know, it doesn't hurt anymore? I mean, amputation always seems to be the way to go, you know. If, if somebody hurts their finger, cut it off, you know, just, just, you know, by the time they hit 20, they're just, they're not even, you have no arms, no legs anymore after, you know, according to my, I guess my philosophy of growing up. But here are some attributes that men, the Christian men, should possess or should have. Number one is the fact of strength. A man should be strong physically, mentally, and spiritually. A man, needs to, you know, a man needs to be a man. He needs to have strength. He needs to have physical strength. He needs to have mental strength. He needs to have spiritual strength. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto his wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. What does it say in there? It says that as the weaker vessel. The Bible says that, the, the wife is supposed to be the weaker vessel, and the man is supposed to be the stronger one. Now, 
I know that, you know, if there's any kind of extreme feminist out there, like, how dare you, I can do anything a man can do. The Bible doesn't call you to do everything that a man does. Do you understand that? You may be able to, but the Bible doesn't call you. The Bible calls men to do certain things and women to do certain things. And I know nowadays they're like, how dare you say that? I'm just reading, you know, what the Bible says. But also in this, you know, we just read it in 1 Samuel uh, 4, 9, that says, be strong and quit yourselves like men. Be strong. It's not a bad thing to be strong. It's not a bad thing to show that you're a man. I know that the culture says that there's like 95 million different genders in which I have no idea how they get that many out of two, um, but that's what they want to say. Proverbs 24, 5 says, a wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. So, you know, saying that a wise man is strong, mentally, physically, spiritually. If you want to be a wise man, that's what it says, you know, to do. And it says a man of knowledge increases strength. I know oftentimes that's another one that the world says that you're a sissy if you're reading books. The thing is that you should be reading. You should be reading God's word. You should be reading, you know, other things out there as well to have, you know, to have knowledge. Not to sit there and boast of how smart you are, but to actually know what's going on uh, around you. And also it says, to, uh, you know, in Ephesians chapter 6, it says to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 8, for those that, you know, just that want to go to the gym constantly. And I've seen, uh, I've seen, you know, ones out there, that, you know, the guys are so huge and everything else that they can't even comb their own hair. I think that's taking a little bit too far being, you know, strong. I mean, if you can't go like this without squishing your skull, then, you know, you may want to back off on the weights a little bit. But anyways, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it says this. It says, for bodily exercise profiteth little. It's saying that it does profit. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of, of the life that, is not, uh, that now is and of which is to come. What is it, you know, it's telling us is basically that if it comes down between you exercising or reading God's word and studying God's word, what does it say? Read God's word. Get to know God you know, better. But obviously, exercise, go ahead and do it, keep your body, because far too many preachers I've seen, preachers and, and people in general, as they get older, they just let things go, and they wonder why they have a lot more aches and pains than what they should. And I think that's honestly because of the fact that most of the time, that as men, we're not trying to keep ourselves in shape. You know, we're just going, oh, I'm married, she loves me for who I am. I don't, I'm not saying you have to do it for her, I'm saying do it for your own self so you're not, you know, so you don't have all those aches and pains. The second attribute for Christian men, like I said, number one is to be strong. Number two is to uh, have courage or to be courageous. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7 says, Only be thou, of, uh, be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do all, uh, sorry, observe to do according to all the law. Again, in 1 Samuel 4, uh, 4 9, it says, Be strong and quit yourselves like men. Quit yourselves like men and fight. Be courageous. In order to, to fight in battle, you have to be courageous. You have to be. You have to be willing to stand up when things are, you know, you know just flying at you or coming at you. You know that in battle, like, there's bullets flying, but the thing is, is that you know that, I don't know about you, I would rather go down, you know, rather go down as I'm you know, pursuing the enemy than running away from the enemy. And that's what we need to do. The thing is that we know in 2 Timothy, it says, Yea, and all that will live, in Christ, or live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We know that the enemy is going to come after us. He's going to come after us. But don't run away from him. Stand up to him. A man uh, has to be courageous to take a stand. And you're not always 
needing someone's approval. Not always needing someone's approval. And I know in a culture nowadays where, where like fathers, you know, a lot of times, you know, growing up, were kind of distant from their children because, hey, they went to work, you know, and they came home and they maybe sat in their chair all the time or everything else. And so nowadays you have men, you know, that are always seeking approval of men in their life or seeking still approval of their father that they will sit there and they will try, you know, and they, they need approval from anybody, anyone and anyone you know, or anybody. That, they, uh, that they're out there with. We don't always need to have approval. If we're courageous enough, we're going to stand up and fight in that, you know, in that persecution. We're going to go out there and say, you don't always need to say, is that okay? Is that all right? Is this, how, you know, how does, did I do okay in this? Did, you know, did I, no, we don't need that. Be, be confident in who the Lord has, you know, who the Lord has called you to be. I was going to ask, like, you know, who many, you know, who at this point is kind of frustrated or angry with my message already, but I don't know if I want to see all the hands. So what's the opposite? What's the opposite of being, you know, of having courage or being bold? Fear. If you're not courageous or bold, you're afraid. You fear. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible, how many times it says, be bold, be strong, be courageous. Confidence also, there's a difference between confidence and pride or arrogance. Confidence is just, hey, you know, I'm confident in who I am. Pride is, I'm God's gift to everybody else around me. Everybody should just love me because, have you not known me? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the most awesome person you'll ever meet. That's kind of the extreme, you know, uh, the extreme way of doing it. And actually, honestly, the person, one of the persons that I could think of that is probably one of the most pride or arrogant ones was our former president. And that might be not to be popular with most people. They say, well, no, it's just confidence. No, he was arrogant. President Trump was arrogant. I mean, anyone that can do a weird comb over like that and just think that he's the greatest thing in the world to, all, you know, to women. And most people say, well, no, well, he's married now. But he was a womanizer. And he was confident and arrogant about it. That's one of the only ones that I can sit there and think of, you know, that everybody would know is, is that every time he got up there, he had, you know, this, this arrogance about him. And there's obviously other politicians as well, but he was just one of the ones that first popped into my brain. So with being courageous and, and being strong in the Lord, the next one is hardworking. Hardworking. This is something that nowadays, and I saw this the other day, uh, especially you know, when you go visit restaurants or you go visit a place of business, is that they'll say, well, we're sorry that we're shorthanded, but nobody wants to work. Either the people are staying at home because they're getting paid by the government to stay home, to stay home, or they want to come in and just, I showed up. I should get a participation ribbon because I showed up to, you know, to just stand here and do nothing. That's, and we went to uh, Dairy Queen the other day. We went, uh, my daughter wanted, you know, she wanted a blizzard. I'm out there, the lady's really, really nice, and she says, I'm so sorry, you know, that it took so long. We, you know, we're just really, really shorthanded. Nobody wants to work. She says, we have people that either want to stay home, and she told me this, she says they want to stay home and make more, because they'll make more money from the government, or they come in and they just stand around on their cell phones all day. And it's a sad thing, because the thing is, is that I would rather work, no matter if I'm getting paid more by the government to stay home, you know, I would rather go out there and work and, and earn my way than to sit on my rear end and just get a check. 
The Bible says this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. It says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread uh, uh, till thou return unto the, uh, unto the ground. So he's saying that you're going to work until you go back into the ground. For out of it, it was, uh, you were taken for the dust you are and the dust you shall return. It says, In the sweat of thy face. It's saying that you are going to sweat. You are going to work. The Bible says, you know, uh, that, we, uh, that we labor for six days. Exodus chapter 35, you know, verse 2, it says, Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day uh, there shall be to you a holy day. Six days that we're supposed to work, we're supposed to be working. Now, whether or not you're, you're on the clock, you know, putting in your 40-plus hours, I say plus because most, you know, I know a lot of the guys in here put in like 90 you know, hours a week or whatever it is, but we're supposed to be working. No matter what, you know, what it is, if we're on our day off and stuff, we should be doing something out there. There's a, there's a reason why I think a lot of people will sit there, and I'm not, you know, this, when I write these, I don't sit there and say, I got this person in mind when I'm writing this sermon. I don't sit there and have that in my mind, you know, when I do it. But there's way too many times where you have men that are sitting up to all hours of the night, you know, sitting on the rear because they have all this energy. Why? Because they're not doing anything. They're playing video games. They're going around, you know, doing all these things that don't matter and everything else. They're, they're not working. They're just going around playing around. This is why you have guys going around sleeping around and everything else. They're going around drinking because they have nothing else better to do. My advice is get a job. I've seen people, you know, you know, around here have jobs and then go out there and have a little side job as well. Because why? Because they're trying, you know, they're working. And if you, and if you don't get paid to do it, still work. I remember Steve-O. Steve-O could have sat on his rear, uh, on his rear end at, the, at his house. He could have been lazy. Did you ever remember Steve-O being lazy? No, he was over here at the church, you know, changing out filters, doing whatever he could, going over here to the fish market, you know, uh, working over there, going over there working on somebody's uh, yard, fixing, trying to fix something. He was always doing something. He could have sat, you know, in his, you know, uh, in, in the wheelchair that he had, but no, he said, I'm going to work. I was taught when I was a kid, you know what? If you don't work, you don't eat. You need to provide for your family. And you know, the funny thing is that my, you know, my, my family wasn't really, I mean, yeah, there was a little bit of godliness in my family, but you know, for the most part, it wasn't. The funny thing is that the Bible actually says the same thing, that if you don't work, you don't eat. 2 Thessalonians 3, uh, 10 and 11 says, for when... For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says, But if, we are, if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of, the, of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than what? An infidel. Men are to work. They're not to be lazy. Now, I'm not saying that all of a sudden that you've worked so much that you're tired physically and you're like, I need to recuperate. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you're lazy at that point. I'm saying you're recuperating. I'm saying lazy is that, you know what, I need to go binge watch Netflix you know, for five days because I'm sitting at home doing nothing. And there are and some people you know, will sit there and go, that doesn't happen. Oh, I, I, I used to be on Facebook. There's ones I saw on there all the time saying, well, you know, I don't have anything else to do because, because my work, you know, right now. Work around the house. 
Do something. Work. There's a, there's a problem that if you're going to bed and you're having a hard time sleeping, you say, well, I just have a hard time sleeping. I guarantee that if you work and work and work and work, you'll have no problem sleeping because you have no energy to do anything else. But if you're sitting around there, you're just doing nothing, twiddling your thumbs, and I know that there are ones, when I say work, I'm not saying that you, everybody has to go out there and do, you know, like lifting, you know, lifting and pushing and pulling. I know that, you know, some, you know, will sit at, you know, desks and everything else, but work. Put your heart and soul in, in what work that you have. You don't have to be going around, you know, uh, you know, lifting up bales of hay, which I know most of you have. But some of you, you know, may work in an office. Work there, you know, uh, with all your heart. The reason why? It'll, oftentimes it pays. It pays better that way. You know the reason why? Because your boss all of a sudden says, you know what, this person could have sat down and said, I have nothing to do. But they found something to do, and the boss says, you know what, you're more valuable to me than this person over here that keeps on sitting on their, on their behind. All right? This is supposed to be encouraging. Some of you go, I'm already doing this. Good. Keep doing it. Keep working hard. Keep being strong. Keep being courageous. Keep standing up you know, for the faith when people come at you. Keep doing it. But if you're not, find, you know, find the one that you're not doing or one or two of them and say, you know what, I need to be better at this. Not every time that a person you know, gets up and maybe says, I, mean, I think so many times we, uh, our idea of encouragement is, you're living your best life now. You're doing everything that you can. You're so much better. Oh, you're, you're just doing everything that you can. I don't have the pearly whites, you know, like, uh, you know, the person that I'm impersonating. You know what? Do what the Bible says. The Bible says is that, you know, that men are supposed to work. We're not supposed to be lazy. And last on this one is leadership. And I know that you'll see that, you know, I'm going to get into some parts of, of being a leader. And some parts you go, well, you know, the part that I'm going to talk about is, is that you're going to say, well, how is that being a leader? You lead by example. You lead by, uh, you lead by how you do things. So obviously, you know, we see in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 5 that the, man, uh, that the husband is the head of the household. All right? And then here's the other thing is that most people say, well, you know, it does not matter what I wear. I can wear whatever. The Lord looks at what? The heart. You say, I can wear whatever I want to. I don't have to, you know. And I'm not saying you have to wear a tuxedo. I'm not saying that. But some people will, will see that and they'll say, well, you know, the Lord looks at the heart. He doesn't care what, you know, how I look or dress or whatever. But we need to remember in Matthew 23, he says to clean the inside of the cup first and then the outside. We oftentimes look at that and we say, oh, I just got to clean the inside and I'm good. The outside, I can just do whatever I want to. No. He says to clean that, the inside first, and then he says, basically, once you do that, it's going to show on the outside. So however you dress and however you appear, however you look, I just want uh, you know, to say that, you know, because we have ones that go around, and here, let me read this verse, and then I'm going to explain it. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Remember, this is all from, you know, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He's still saying, quit like men. He's still saying, don't be effeminate. He's still saying, don't be an adulterer. He's still, be, you know, he's still saying those things, you know, to, uh, to the church. So in 1 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15, it says, Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, 
it is a shame unto him. But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her. For her, uh, for her hair is uh, given her for a covering. And now we look at that one, and I'm going to go on to the next one. Deuteronomy 22, uh, verse 5, it says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For, uh, for, that, uh, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Appearance matters. Here's the thing. I have, if, you, if you have a hairstyle and you have to put man in front of it, my opinion, you're not a man. It's not a man haircut. Man bun. When does that ever look like it's a, a man's haircut? I mean, think about it. I've seen more people, you know, guys going around there that got beards and everything else, and they got a man bun, but then they go around and they're, and they're acting more like women than they are men. They may have a beard, but they're going around there, you know, just, you know, like I said, wearing a man bun. is what. And then some people say, well, what's the definition of short and what's the definition of long? Well, if, you know, it's obviously if it's characterized as a man's haircut, then that's a man's haircut. But if there's a question about it, probably go, you know, the, the way that you know that, that it's going to be that way. The same thing with men should not be wearing women's garments. How much more is this, you know, even more prevalent nowadays? Because you have all, all these gender bender, um, you know, people out there, men wearing women's clothes, women wearing men's clothes. And some of those, oh, you know, pastor, you're going to offend somebody. I'm telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says that you shouldn't wear anything. You know, uh, men shouldn't be wearing women's clothes, and women shouldn't be wearing men's clothes. Don't be going around wearing a, you know, a blouse or anything else. And I could, I could talk about something else. To me, culture has been trying, you know, so desperately in the name of fashion to make it to where men are more feminine and women are more masculine than I've ever seen you know, before. One of them I could bring up. Should I bring it up? Yeah, I'll bring it up. Skinny jeans. Men, why would you want, why would you want to accentuate the skinniest part of your body and say, hey, everybody, I have bird legs? My wife knows I have bird legs, and, you know, when I wear shorts, she, you know, she sees them, but I don't sit there and go, hey, everybody, you know, I want you to look at my bird legs. And you'll see guys out there, you know, wearing them and everything else, and the ones that wear them, honestly, the most time, you know, they're probably one of the most feminine. Here are some attributes, you know, that we need to stay with, away, away from as men. And obviously, let me go back to this. Appearance does matter, but don't be vain. We have ones that will sit in front of the mirror for hours, just checking themselves out of those guys. You know, just going, is my hair in the perfect spot? Is this, does this look right? I'm not saying that you should be like unshaven and everything else. I'm, you know, I'm saying don't sit there and be vain about your appearance. Go, you know, go out there and, and I know that there are going to be some that are going to be mad, you know, when they hear this. But the thing is, the Bible says that. Here are some attributes to stay away, away from. Weakness or softness. Don't be, don't be sitting there, you know, being soft about things. Don't be lazy. And please, please stay away from feminine mannerisms as men. I've seen guys, you know, flip and flop that hand so many times and everything going around there saying that they're the manliest man around. And I'm going, is your wrist broken? I've seen men out there prancing 
and not joking about it. That is not manly. Why? Because we're supposed to behave and act like men. We need a man up in those areas. Like I said, and even in this entire thing, am I saying that men should go home, you know, should go home to their wives and say, just get in that kitchen, make me some lunch, and shut up? Am I saying that? No. I'm saying the thing is, is that, think about it, ladies. Do you want, the man that you married, did you, you know, uh, did you go up to him and say, you know what, he is the most feminine man I've ever met. He's so, he's so sensitive. He, he cries that, you know, when a butterfly just falls out of the sky, and he just, would you, would you have married that man? No, you would have said, get away from me, you little sissy, I'm going to go find a man. Women are supposed to be women, men are supposed to be men, and stop, you know, the culture tries to sit there and, and tell us and tell men that we have to act a certain way. Now, the Bible tells us that we are to act like men and women are supposed to act like women. We need men in the marketplace and in the workplace who will not back down, who will be men and show the world what it means to be a man. Because I don't know about you, that maybe in those times where my dad, you know, wasn't, you know, always there for me, I always sought out a man. I didn't see, uh, you know, go there and say, you know what, this one's really sensitive. I think I'll go with him. I wanted to go to a guy that actually knew what it meant to be a man. The world, you know, here's the thing. You'll sit there and say, well, pastor, that's not really you know, a positive message. You know, the world is, is not going to like that. The world's always going to reject the word of God. The world's always going to try and change the word of God. The world's always, you know, not going to like what the Bible says. Because you know why? There's a reason why that there's, they call it gender confusion. is because there, has, there hasn't been people standing up, there hasn't been men standing up saying, this is what a man looks like, and there hasn't been women going, this is what a woman looks like. No, everyone's going around there and be like, oh, I don't know what I am, because I don't, and they're so confused, which I don't understand. I've, I made this statement before, my wife says, how can you make that statement? It was very easy, it came out of my mouth. Which is, if you have a problem knowing, you know, what gender you are, there's a really, really telltale sign. And it's below the belt. If you have a problem, you know, uh, you know, hearing that, I mean, I, I probably already got any you know, uh, liberals out there that are going, you know, how dare you say that? Or how dare you say that a man needs to act like a man and a woman needs to act like a woman? Because they're going around, don't you understand that there's 95, you know, different genders or 95 billion or however many they're doing? No, there's not. There's two. So, men, let's be, what we need to do is be, we need to be strong, courageous, hardworking, and we need to lead. We need to, you know, to lead and not back down. We need to lead our families. We need to you know, be the ones that, you know, that says, hey, we're going to go uh, to the, the dining room table now, and we're going to go read over God's word and see what God's word says to us. That's something that also you know, that is nowadays looked at as being uh, very, very like, feminine, you know, a man can't, you know, lead his family. No, the Bible says that men are supposed to lead the family. Lead them in Bible study. Lead them in, you know, uh, uh, you know in working. You go out there and, you know, give a reason why you're tired. I've heard guys, you know, say that they're tired because they play video games for, you know, six hours. Do something productive. I don't care if the Master Chief, you know, did end up, you know, went, you know knocking out some you know, some enemy or whatever. I don't even know what, you know, the game's out there. I'm thinking back to, to like, you know, Halo or, uh, you know, Super Mario Brothers. I'm sorry, you know what? A woman's not looking for you to, to you know, to ju uh, jump on King Koopa so you can get to Princess Peach. 
what we need, like I said, we need to do is man up, show the world what a real man look like, and, and just begin to act like it. This is, you know, this is one of the things that we need you know, to hear because most men think that Christian men are sissies. Most men think that's the reason why, and you know, like I brought up before, you go to most churches, and most churches have women. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that, you know, that we shouldn't have women. But there should be men along with them. Their husbands should be with them. Men should be leading the way and saying, you know what? Hey, kids. Hey, honey, let's go to church you know, this Sunday and saying, saying, okay, honey, I'll catch you afterwards. No woman in here wants to be sitting alone in church wondering, you know, like, what they're wanting to do is say, you know what? I, I wish that my husband was here with me. I wish, my, you know, I wish they were you know, sitting right next to me. Amen? Man, uh, you know, I know that it's more difficult. I'm, I'm speaking as, as a man. It's more, it's more, the Bible calls us to a higher standard and says, you know what? We need to lead. We need to be strong. We need to be hardworking. We need to be courageous. Because when everything ha- happens in life, when persecution comes, because the Bible says that if you're in a liver, uh, godly in Christ Jesus, you shall suffer persecution. They're going, your wife, your kids are going to look to you. And the thing is, is that if they can't look to you, who are they going to look to? 